0: Welcome to the Linked Up Church Podcast. We are passionate about connecting people to God, family, purpose, and community. Today, Pastors Joel and Patricia Gregory continue in their power-packed series entitled Dating Risky Business. Get your pen and your pad ready. Let's go into the worship center and hear what God has for us today.
1: All right, so let's get into this today. Today, we're in part four of Dating Risky Business, and we call it Risky Business because Dating today is big business. Uh, apps today make billions of dollars hooking people up. Married people, single people, I mean, whatever a person is into today, there's an app for that. And so it really is risky business if you don't know what God's Word says about it and you align, don't align yourself with it. And so we're really advocates for God. And, of course, it's cross-cultural cross because the world is going in a completely different direction. And sometimes as believers, it feels like we're swimming upstream. But believe it or not, if we're trying to obey God, His grace is present to help us just sail right through everything that this world tries to throw at us, if we'll just tap into it. So today we're going to talk about boundaries must be set. Boundaries must be set. So questions, people want to know. Of course, all of this information is in the uh, linked up church app. It's also in the YouVersion Bible app. You can find all of the information and notes are right there. Follow along and then add your own notes to it. We actually won't cover all the scriptures today. I just want to make sure they were in there so that you could go back and study them for yourself. So people want to know, is all sexual activity outside of marriage a sin? People want to know, what about showing affection? People want to know, isn't sex outside of marriage that scripture, isn't it sex outside of marriage that scripture explicitly prohibits? How can you say definitively that other things are wrong? What if you're in a committed relationship? Shouldn't our physical relationship progress as other aspects of our relationship deepen? Doesn't that sound familiar?
2: Here's a good one right here.
1: This may Say be it. the best one of, Say of it, all babe. of them. Say it. Say it. Say it. Or save it. Say it. Save it. Say it. Save it. Say it. Shouldn't, shouldn't our physical relationship progress as other aspects of our relationship deepen? Listen to this. In this day and age, how far is really too far?
2: That's the one right there.
1: That's what people want to know. They don't want to know what I can't do. They want to know, what can I do? Come on, church, don't look at me like that, right? Just get past all of that, Pastor, and get to the point, what can I do? All right? so the Bible teaches really that all sexual activity outside of marriage is sin. And all romantically oriented physical activity is sexual activity. Mm-hmm. Right? we call that foreplay today. That light is in my eye again. If you're in the building, just say amen or something. Glory to God. Everybody knows what foreplay is, right? Oh, now y'all going to act saved. Like, no, no, pastor. I've been saved my whole life. i never heard of that. All right. So now, so the Bible teaches again that all sexual activity outside of marriage is sin. I submit that there is a strong argument to, to be made from Scripture that there's no room for any sexual relationship outside of marriage. And we'll prove this today. So the argument becomes clearer when we look at some of what the Bible has to say about number one, sex. Number two, our relationship with other believers. And number three, sexual immorality itself.
2: All right. So are we ready? Number one, I'm about to go way back on you. I'm still saved, but I'm about to go way back on you. Y'all remember this? Let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about you. (laughs) That's number one. Let's talk about sex. (laughs) All right. Now, it is a good initial principle to know and understand and affirm, confirm, and reaffirm that sex in and of itself is not a bad thing. In fact, God created sex. My. after we got married that night when we woke up that morning you all already heard that story he was like it's good to know that Jesus is in the bleacher saying yeah boy get it in God's stamp of approval is on the marriage license of sex sex in and of itself is not a bad thing but the enemy has mastered perverting that, what, that which God intended to be good to be bad He's perverted sex. He's perverted our bodies. He's perverted music. So sex in and of itself is not a bad thing, but sex outside of marriage, now that's a different conversation. Now God instituted sex within marriage for the purpose of procreation, pleasure, intimacy, check this, holiness, God created sex for the purpose of holiness. This which we share is holy. Before God. Before God. It is set apart. It is sanctified.
1: Hey, hey, calm down. Calm down. Calm down now. Stay in the church now. Stay in the church. She it is she's set thinking apart. about something. She's thinking about something right there, boy. Ladies know something Listen, just went through her mind this man right there. I'm standing boy. next to me. I can't yeah, help but to come on, we're going to get through this message if you don't. Come on now. <laughs> ah. Something went through her mind, though. <laughs>
2: you know. <So> ult- <laughs> you know. <laughs> okay, okay. Bring it back. Okay, and ultimately for God's glory. It is. It is. And it is a great thing. But sex outside of marriage is accursed. Yep. Destructive. It's destructive. It's chaotic. And it brings its package and baggage with it. Genesis, let's go to part letter A A of this point of talking about sex. Letter A. It's a part of God's design for family. It's a part of. Of God's design for family. Genesis chapter 1, verse 28, I'll read from the New King James Version. It says, Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful, be fruitful. Replenish after your own kind, be fruitful. Multiply, that is to prosper, to grow and prosper, to accelerate. Have children. No, a multi- fruitful is having children, but multiply literally means in the Hebrew to mm-hmm. accelerate, to take that garden and multiply it, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. subdue it, overtake the rest of the world, and to have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Mm-hmm. God's design, right? So in His design, he wanted, desired, planned in advance, and prepared our bodies for sex for the biggest purpose of procreation, which is, believe it or not, in Hebrews his inher- and in Ephesians is his inheritance in the saints. Mm-hmm. God has an inheritance when we procreate and have children for his glory. Yeah. And sex is the only way it can be done. Mm-hmm. Amen. They're working real hard on this AI. AI will never replace the human brain. That's right. It will never do it. The best brains altogether will not replace the human brain, especially when you think that we only use about a third of it. Yeah. Letter B, once married, our bodies belong to our spouses. What? What? Amen. Somebody said, oh, yeah. <laughs> what? Once married, our bodies belong to our spouses. Check this out. Even in your single state, this is about to be real deep. Even in your single spouse, in your single life, your body belongs to your spouse.
1: You're actually saving it in your singleness for your
2: spouse. 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Verse 3 through 5 in the Passion Translation says, A husband has the responsibility (laughs) of meeting the sexual needs of his wife.
1: That she communicates to him. I'm just trying to help the fellas out right now. Men are not mind readers. Talk to us. Tell us what you like. How you like it. Come on, somebody. Coach us along. Come on, bring us into the game. Don't just be there, like, figure it out. No, coach us up.
2: Continue on. And ladies, you gotta talk to them all the time because you know and I know that it changes. From week to week. No. And how many of you know,
1: fellas, fellas, if it worked that way the last time, what are we going right back to? Right back to what worked the last time and she's like da-da-da-da-da-da. Well then tell me where it's at now so I can get over there. It ain't that deep, right? It ain't that deep at all. Just tell me where did it move to, and I'll move over there too.
2: Uh, all right, all right. Remember, this Wait, is dating. Um,
1: no.
0: dating.
2: We're supposed to be I'm helping tired. the singles and the married. Amen. <laughs> and likewise, and you did all that in the middle of me reading the, the scriptures. And likewise, a wife to her husband. Mm -hmm. And likewise, a wife to her husband. That he communicates to her. Yes, that he communicates to her. Neither the husband nor the wife have exclusive rights to their own bodies, but those rights are to be surrendered to the other. And this is why in the dating process, sex should be off limits. Just imagine you're dating someone. God forbid you go to the Holy of Holies online, in the building, when you listen later on, and you go through this training. And you carry that training somewhere else to the next boyfriend or girlfriend. And you relearn that training. By the time you marry, you don't know what to do. But not only that, there could be some exposure that you just weren't prepared for. And so verse 5, so don't continue to refuse your spouse those rights, your spouse those rights, your spouse those rights, except perhaps by mutual agreement for a specific time so that you both can be given to devoted prayer. And then you should resume your physical pleasure so that the adversary cannot, cannot take advantage of you because of the desires of your body. Because how many of you know your body is always talking? And single folks, you don't want to ignite that body or stimulate that body to go in a direction, because momentum can be a terrible thing, in a direction that you never intended for it to go. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 4 in the Passion says, Honor the sanctity of marriage and keep your vows of purity to one another, for God will judge sexual immorality in any form, whether single or married. Isn't that good? That's deep that's deep right now he says honor the sanctity of marriage and keep your vows of purity to one another for God will judge sexual immorality in any form in any form whether single or married
1: so good all right let's move on to number two brothers and sisters in Christ let's talk about what that looks like brothers and sisters in christ of course we're speaking primarily to single people but how are we to, to relate to everyone else especially believers listen to this carefully and how does that question inform the topic of premarital sexual activity i'm going to talk about that for a minute remember if you're uh saved then everyone in you, in this room is your brother or your sister in christ does everyone understand that Right. And so believe it or not, in reality, if I have a blood relative that's not saved, this blood is thicker than that blood because we share the blood of Jesus Christ. You all understand, I don't neglect that. I don't I still pray for that, but I mean, you know? in reality, my brothers and sisters in Christ are really my blood brothers and sisters. Right, and we pray for our family. We believe for them, but that's the reality. So so the simple answer is that every believer to whom I am not married is my brother or sister in Christ, and I am to act accordingly. So herein is where the problem lies. When we don't have that revelation that that's my sister in Christ or that's my brother in Christ, right? How many know? Then it leads or lends to us treating them improperly. Right? And it's just like anything else. If we don't understand the purpose of something, then abuse is inevitable.
2: That's right. That's right.
1: Right? And so let's get into this a little bit. I want to read. So, so I had a group of young men last week pin me up uh, out there in the hallway. And I mean, when you're 18, 19, I get it. You're like, hold on, wait a minute. What? They had never heard anything like this before. And so they really wanted to understand what does a group date look like? how many know really if you'd never heard that how do we all go out together and what do we do right how I many know the bible answers those questions all right let's look at this we shared it before but i'm gonna read it out of a different translation which will really shine a little bit more light on really specifically what i'm talking about it says look what a group date looks like romans chapter 12 verses 9 through 13 out of the passion translation says let the inner movement of your heart always be to love one another And never play the role of an actor wearing a mask.
2: Wearing a mask. Hello. So I don't
1: want to present myself to my brother or sister in Christ as someone that I'm actually not. Just to get some kind of personal benefit that I'm after. So let's keep talking here. So never play the role of an actor wearing a mask. Despise evil and embrace everything that is good and virtuous. Be devoted to tenderly loving your fellow believers as members of one family. I love this. Try to outdo yourselves in respect and honor for one another. So wherever we're at and whatever we're doing, there's going to be a high level of respect and a high level of honor that we always display towards one another, which means men can still open doors for ladies. Mm. Men can still pull out chairs for ladies, right? What an example to be out somewhere together and everyone looks over and see how and can see how the group of young men are treating the group of young ladies over there. That will blow the world away when we start demonstrating a high level of respect and honor for each other's body, for each other's minds, for each other's emotions. Hello, somebody and uplifting each other. That is what the environment should always look like anytime we are spending quality time with our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. Verse 11 says, be enthusiastic to serve the Lord. I mean, if you're single, then you have plenty of time to serve God. Two amens on that. All of our dream teams should be filled with single people. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 7 says that the single person cares about how they may please the Lord. So one of the greatest things you can do with all that extra time instead of playing video games, watching TV, hello somebody, on the internet is serve at your church enthusiastically. And let the married couple spend more time dating, spend more time with their children. Hello somebody. Oh, I'm not getting a whole lot of amens in here. But that's really the way it's supposed to look, is that the married couples serve when they can. They should be committed, but the dream team should be filled. Connect groups should be filled with single people.
2: And just imagine, if it was filled with single people, well, you might have some
1: conversion going on. Yeah, and, and, and it's in that space where
2: we get to meet
1: people and see people, see their heart for God, see them serving God. And it's nothing more attractive than to see real men serve God. Now, let me try that over here. I said real men serve God. Real men don't say I love God. Real men demonstrate their love for God by their service for God. Do I have any real men in this place today? That was about five or six. I said, do I have any real men in this place today? Stand on your feet and give God your best praise. All the real men, come on, stand on your feet give God praise. <laughs> <clears throat> <clears throat> yes, yeah, it's beautiful, it's beautiful. So be enthusiastic to serve the love. And ladies, there's nothing more attractive than to see you worshiping God, serving God, loving God. See, that's what that's what closed this deal. It wasn't how beautiful she is. I waited two and a half years to ever say a word to her. What closed the deal was I I began to see her heart through her service. He was softly stalking y'all. I was waiting. Well, let's keep going. (laughs) You know what I was doing. Be enthusiastic to serve the Lord. Keeping your passion, watch this, towards him, boiling hot. Good,
2: that's good. See, so
1: that's what we all should be helping each other do, not be boiling hot in other stuff keep each other boiling hot for God radiate with the glow of the Holy Spirit and let him fill you with excitement watch this as you serve him let this hope burst forth within you releasing a continual joy don't give up in a time of trouble but commune with God at all times take a constant interest in the needs of God's beloved people So now we're talking about, again, singles in groups. All of them should be thinking about how to help each other. What is it you're trying to do with your life? How can I help you? Hey, I know somebody over here you can network with. And all of them should be trying to help each other get their lives together. See, there's a constant interest in the needs of God's beloved people and respond by helping them and eagerly welcome people as guests into your home so now what happens and where people get in trouble is that they start doing one-on-one stuff in the home right and so if you just backtrack to the last time you messed up how many of you probably went from somewhere out there back to somewhere over there in there okay why, why are you all looking at me like that so one thing we agreed to do, now again, you all know, this is biblical. It's not old-fashioned. It's biblical. The one thing we agreed to do was not date in the house. Because how many know once we go in the house, all bets
2: are off? But that includes houses, backseat of cars, hotels, Ooh, vacations with hotels.
1: Single people. We're going to go on a vacation together. Yeah. Well, we're going to get a double. He's going to sleep on one side, and I'll sleep on the other side. Let's see how that works out for seven days.
2: And there's one bathroom and no walls.
1: Anyway, let's keep going. So, so, so she didn't even see our bedroom, my bedroom, until we came back from the honeymoon. All right? Can I just be honest with you all? Because I knew had I took her in the bedroom,
2: I was going to mess this up. So you got to face your own freaky self and be real with the boundaries that you need to set in place.
1: So how so, I many know leadership provides boundaries? So the reason I'm telling her this is because I don't want to mess this up. So I'm saying we're not going to date in the home, right? There's no, well, no need for us to go back into the bedroom, right? And I'm communicating this. We're not going to kiss this way. Now, how many you know everybody's boundaries are not the same? But you need to know what yours need to be and then communicate those. right? And so setting boundaries is so important. I'm going to go past this next one, but I want you to take time to read it. It's Romans chapter 13, verses 8 through 13. Really take some time to read that. I would have read it out of the Passion Translation, but it's a great homework assignment for you. It continues to communicate what Romans chapter 12 says just communicated to you let's go to first corinthians chapter 13 and i want to read verses three through seven out of the message bible and we're talking about point number two brothers and sisters in christ if i have that revelation that this is my sister in christ this is my brother in christ then there's a certain way that i treat them at all times first corinthians chapter 13 gives us some more insight verse 3 message bible says if i give everything i own to the poor and even go to the state to be burned as a martyr but i don't love i've gotten nowhere uh-huh. so no matter what i say what i believe or what i do i am bankrupt without love now before i read the rest of this You must understand how God defines love to walk in this, right? Just because a person tells you they love you doesn't mean they're committed to you. Because telling you I love you may be the emotional trigger that he knows that will pretty much unlock what he's after so right so or don't what she's after or what she's after this is a two-way street these days thank you for adding that and so I just want to continue to emphasize this if there's no ring you are not in a committed relationship there is only one committed relationship on earth and it's called marriage this is a, this is a tough crowd today all right type that in online so other people can see that one committed relationship is marriage the challenge is people start thinking we're exclusive all right so it's just us so as long as i'm in one exclusive relationship i'm okay but just remember that one will have a deadline on and if you take that position into every other relationship you go in, you will spend your entire life in what you believe are committed relationships, but they were only games to get what someone wanted so that they can move on to the next one and play the same game. And then before you know it, you've had 10 to 15, what you thought were committed relationships, but they were
2: only games. See, with, when you buy a house, how many homeowners do I have in the room? All of you got what's called a warranty deed, right? Yep. If you acquired a home with a quick claim deed, you know that you just need to do your homework on that. But most of you acquired a warranty deed, and in that warranty deed are commitments. They're called covenants, right? right. right? And the chiefest of those covenants is this covenant called the right to quiet enjoyment. I look at marriage something like that. Someone might have said they're committed, they're committed, they're committed, and there might be a little bit of exclusivity within that relationship. But see, when it does not have covenant, when it does not have explicit responsibility, when it's too easy to sever and walk away, when it is not not comprised of expectations that are known, it's loose. So therefore you settle for a quick claim deed. And see, the quick claim deed can be obtained with just a dollar. Right. Right. But the only issue with the quick claim deed is that person who owned the property 17, 18, 25, 35, i.e., ex girlfriend, ex boyfriend, might still have rights to that property, disturbing your right to quiet and peaceful enjoyment.
1: That's so good. That's so good. That's good.
2: That's good. Y'all know, going back and scrolling through social media, I wonder what's up with this ex-boyfriend. I wonder what's up with this ex-girlfriend. So that's why you want to know and understand the only real commitment before God that he honors is the commitment and the covenant of marriage. So good.
1: So let's, that's excellent, babe. So let's look at how he defines love, okay? Love never gives up. That's how you know you're in a committed relationship. We will work through what we need to work through so that we stay together. Love never gives up. Love cares more for others than self. See, are are we both givers or are we takers? See, love cares more about others than it does for self. Love doesn't want what it doesn't have. Love doesn't strut,
0: Mm.
1: doesn't have a swelled head. Doesn't force itself on others, because if you love me, you'll give me some.
2: Controlling, controlling.
1: We waited this long, now we engage. If we engage, what's the big deal? We're going to get married six months from now anyway. What's the difference between six months later and right now? And they'll put pressure on you. And that light has just hurt me. If anybody would just say amen, I mean, it 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 would encourage me a little bit, right? And so don't get condemned. Remember, we didn't know. When we get to the end of this message, you'll see exactly. God understands that, right? But then once you know, you immediately make the adjustment. All right, let's keep going here. So love doesn't want what it doesn't have. Love doesn't strut. It doesn't have a swell head. doesn't force itself on others. Isn't always me first. Doesn't fly off the handle. Doesn't keep score of the sins of others. Doesn't revel when others grovel when others make a mistake, they don't get excited. takes pleasure in the flowering of truth, puts up with anything. trust God always, always looks for the best, never looks back, but keeps going until the end. Folks, that's love. I'm not going anywhere, anytime, any place. This is who I stood before God, and I said. Before God for life or for death, for better or for worse, until death do us part. The only thing that will separate us is that. But what we're both believing God for is that we will live long enough and we, it'll happen one of two ways. We will hold hands and we'll be caught up in the air to meet him in the air, or we will both get to about 120 years of age. We'll look at each other and say, "I'm satisfied with life. Are you satisfied with life?" I'm and we'll just go to sleep in God. Come on somebody. That's what love
2: looks like. And, you know, a lot of people don't believe that that happens, but we've seen that happen. Where they look at each other, one of the Ellis family had a relative, blessed my, that testimony blessed my soul. He, he, she said, I'm ready to go. He, he said, well, you know what, I'm, I'm coming with you. And literally they passed away within, I think, of five days of each other.
1: That's excellent. All right, another homework assignment because our clock is moving. So I'm going to move it right to you. I want you to go home and study 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, 3 through 8. But I want you to study it out of the New Living Translation. And some insight I want you to really focus on is other translations of verse 6 use this word called defraud. So you've got to understand it. Anytime you're sleeping with someone that you're not married to, you are deceiving them. Okay, is everybody clear on that? What did I just say? Say it one more time. I don't see lips moving out there. Say it. I I, I don't see lips moving. Say it one more time. Okay, listen to this definition. To defraud someone is to deceive that person. I'm really giving them something that I have really not committed long-term to. Okay, let me finish here. I'm just getting... Study the text. I'm giving you definitions in the text. In this context, to imply a commitment that, that, that does not exist by committing acts with someone that are appropriate only in the context of a marriage... To satisfy one's own passionate desire is called lust. Ooh. So I want you all to understand the difference. So I'm not actually in love with a person when I sleep with them, I'm deceiving them when I'm not married to them. I'm in lust with them. And there is a difference. Let me finish this and then go right in. So to commit sexual immorality with and against someone far it's far from showing the love that we just read from scripture actually the person is showing you two things how less they love themselves and how less they love you that's biblically what that looks like watch this now so the scripture calls all believers who act like this right when you read that text they're acting like people who don't know god right and the passage calls all of those acts sin.
2: Say I will, I will read, read 1 Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, 4 verses 3 through 8, 3 through 8 in, the in the New Living Translation. On that point with about being brothers and sisters in Christ we have to look at each other as that first. That's not exclusive to single folks looking at single folks as brothers and sisters in christ all too often spouses are more concerned about their spouse as it pertains to them being their spouse and not to them being a sister or a brother in christ so if he's messing up and he's and is interfering with the marriage you got to know and understand that he's messing up with god long before it showed up with you and so all too often we, we hear of people that want to have the fixing or the counseling done on behalf of the marriage. No, that person is on the wrong side of the tracks as it pertains to their eternity their Christianity so when you say he's doing this and it's impacting this she's doing this and it's impacting our marriage the first concern was it should be how are they being impacted or what's causing them what's the root of this as it pertains to their relationship with God and here's the harsh reality of it that concern that prayer that counsel should exceed and abound beyond the marriage so even if he or she committed adultery and repeatedly did so, and you all ended up with a, in a divorce, the concern for that individual's mortality immor- uh, immortality, or their, their, yeah their 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 eternity should still be on your agenda of prayer. That's right. Do you get that? Yes. And on the heels of what Pastor Gregory just said, I, just, I, I believe the Holy Spirit would have me to say this, just to give you some scientific backup of what God has to say. How many of you have heard of a hormone called oxytocin? You know what that does. When a woman engages in sexual relations or after she has a baby, the hormone for different, for different women of oxytocin is increased. It increased. What is that hormone? It's an attachment hormone. It's that hormone that says, you're mine. It's that hormone that says, we belong together. It's that attachment that says, I've given you everything I could give you. It's a hormone that increases in those activities. Some women might suppress it. Some women might have a lower dose of it, but it's there. So the whole line of deception and I lust you, Women are more deceived in that act than men. Yes. And when you talk about seven women to every man mm. Mm. in the population of the United States of America, and it's even more so when you talk talking about male women, women and, uh, black males and black people. Yes. <laughs> I'm getting tucked tied. The Bible says it, lest these women be taken, what does it say, silly women
1: they're taken captive.
2: They're taken captive.
1: Laden by sins.
2: Laden by sins, and it's in verse. It's in verse. They creep
1: into homes of silly women. They take them captive because they're laden by their sins.
2: All right. So then, number three. Just want to add that as an appendix to number two. Number three. How far can we go? How far can we go? How far can we go? <laughs> how far can we go? See the problem with asking how far can we go is that if we want to positively pursue godliness is simply the wrong question. The pursuit of godliness is trying to find out what we is not trying to find out what we can do as far as uh, sex and things of the, that nature it's just wanting to avoid the very appearance of sin altogether. That's right. What that question is really asking is how close to the line of sexual sin can we get without crossing it and dissatisfying God, and that there is no line. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18 in the Passion Translation says, This is why you must keep running away from sexual immor- immorality. For every other sin a person commits is external to the body, but immorality involves sinning against your own body. I'm about to say something that is very sensitive, and I never want to come, we never want to come across as being insensitive to these topics. But when we're talking, but it needs to be said. There are thousands, i.e. millions of people, who have sinned, who have done this, right? Listen, we are not saints. We are today. We are today, amen, we are today.
1: Speak for yourself. I'm a saint.
2: (laughs) But there are thousands, even millions of people that's been handed a diagnosis of an STI or an STD. And that shame has cloaked them. Whereby they have made a decision to stay single and to not even engage. And so their abstinence is not based off of wanting to be godly. But their abstinence is because of guilt and shame. But we have seen all too often when their heart is right and they say, God, you know what? I repent and I'm living for you now. We have seen all too often where all evidence of any existence of such a thing has ceased to exist in that body.
1: Right. That's true. That's true.
2: We've seen it.
1: God reversed all of it with that choice.
2: And so listen, online in this place, if that is you, do not allow the perversion and the shame and guilt that the enemy brings to your doorstep every day keep you from living godly and holy before him and committing yourself to godliness with the heart's desire and the pursuit of a good relationship. You are not exempt. God is not withholding that from you. That's right. Ephesians chapter 5 verses 1 through 7 in the New King James says, Therefore be imitators of God as dear children. And walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be even be named among you as is fitting for saints, neither filthiness or foolish talking or coarse jesting, which are not fitting but rather giving of thanks. For this you know that no fornicator or unclean person or covetous man who is an idolater, sex is an idol. We talked about that last week. Has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God? He's saying it very plainly. You cannot be dibbling and dabbling in sexual activity no matter how far it goes, call yourself godliness and think you're going to have answers or advance in the kingdom of God. Amen. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore do not be partakers with them. So good. The question we should all ask in any area of our lives is how can I best pursue that which God in his word has positively called me? How can I walk? The biggest grievance in the body of Christ is that the hand want to be the foot, the foot wants to be the head, the head wants to be the stomach, the stomach wants to be the thigh, the thigh wants to be the arm. How can I best walk in the purposes and the callings that he's placed on my life? And let me continue to pursue that. So good. And in that, there is fulfillment. See, people try to fulfill themselves in this sexual activity and, and demonstrate their dominance and demonstrate their control and their purpose or whatever the case. They think it's filling something, but actually it's taking something out of you.
1: Yeah, so good. Yeah, so good.
2: And the only thing that will fulfill you is to walk in the purposes and calling that he created you to walk in. And when you're walking in that and pursuing that, yeah. the desires of your heart and the fulfillment will come naturally. That's right.
1: Amen. He literally said, he literally said, right? He said, Psalms 37, 4, when he said, if you love me, what is that? And I'll give you the desires of your heart. If you help me out. 37, 4. Delight yourself in me and I'll give you the desires of your heart. If you're not married in here, raise your hand, all right? I want to give you a goal, okay? When I was 22 years old, I want to give you a goal. Verse 3 says, but fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, this is God's expectation for you. It says, let it not even be named among you as fitting for saints. So really what God will do is take all of your past and give you a clean slate. And what he expects is after you give your life to him, that it is never named in your life again. How many of y'all want to go for that? Not as many hands want to. How many of y'all want to make go for that? Just be, that's okay. I mean, you should really want that as a goal. And so I want to pray for you that from this day forward, God will grace you to walk out this desire and this will that he has laid out for you. that the next time you sleep with someone will be your spouse on your wedding night. In Jesus'
2: name. Amen.
1: Remember what he said. It's the truth. It is the 100% truth. If you delight yourself in him, he will give you the desires of your heart. Everybody told me this didn't exist. You're not going to find someone with a college degree, ministerially trained, All of the stuff you're believing for, you're not going to find that in one person. I just delighted myself in him. And he gave me the desire of my heart. See, stop saying there are no good men on the earth. You don't need a bunch of them. You just need one. Come on, somebody. And God knows how to bring two people together together who are delighting themselves in him. Come on, somebody. He knows how to make sure they find each other's address.
2: And, you know, and, and along with that scripture, this is one that really kept me. When my, I set my heart to pursue God, that was my number one scripture was right my here. My number but one scripture. My number two scripture was he, the Lord, uh, Psalms 138, 8. The Lord will perfect that which concerneth me. Amen. Thy mercy. Because I needed a whole lot of forgiveness. Yep, and I did too. I needed a whole lot of mercy. Yep. Thy mercy, O Lord, endureth forever. Forsake not the works of thine own hands. When you understand that God made you, he perfectly weaved you together. You are here by design and on purpose. When you realize that. And you set your heart towards him, even if you don't know what your purpose and your calling is, Even he will help you get to it. Because right. he promised that he will perfect that which concerns me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And we've got to close. That's so powerful. I'm telling you, I was 22 years old and had lived a raggedy life. Yes. I'd never been faithful to anything, committed to anything. I would literally tell you, you already know what this is. Why are we even talking like that? That's how off I was, right? Give my life to Christ at 22, and I say it'll never be named in my life ever again. And it never has been since the age of 22. If you want to, trust me, God will help you. Live out his plan and purpose. If you want to, if you want to be kept, God can keep you. Let's close here. You all getting anything out of this today? Come on, can we give God a real good praise in here? Come on, somebody give God a real good praise, real good praise. See, we've got to get to a place where I know it's, it's like, what is this they're talking about? But when you really know God, how much God loves you, He will raise up people like this to share his love with you in this way and allow your ears and your heart to hear stuff that other people will never get the opportunity to hear. Come on, online, type in, I thank God for loving me. Because he really does. Let's close here. I want to close by reminding all of us, and I really want to lift you because I know this information can sometimes be like, because everybody just, you just Coming into this, you've lived a lot of life prior to hearing this. And so I want to close by reminding us that while God hates sin, and while sexual sin, like all sin, is destructive to us and grieving to God, there is hope and forgiveness in Jesus Christ. Yes. So if we truly repent of our past sins and turn from them and believe in the atoning blood of Jesus Christ, We are not damaged goods.
2: But new creation.
1: But new creation. Yes. Come on, somebody. You are not damaged goods. God can recreate. Come on, something, And make everything in your life fresh, and he can make it new. Come on, confess that over yourself. Say, I am not damaged goods. Come on, say it like you mean it. I am not damaged goods. I am a new creation. Go ahead and thank God for that for a moment. Go ahead and thank God for that. That's what you are. You're not damaged goods. You're a new creation. Come on, type it in online. I'm not damaged goods. I'm a new creation. What was red as crimson has this opportunity now to become white as snow. Let us just put us in remembrance as we close. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11 in the New King James Version says, but you know that the unrighteous those who practice sin will not inherit the kingdom of God what he's talking about there is eternal life too many people are sitting in church and again God didn't want us to be deceived living however they want to live thinking that because I made this confession out of my mouth and believed in my heart I mean but if I'm practicing something completely, completely different it's not real come on somebody say amen to that it's just not real And that's why he says here after that, do not be deceived, neither fornicators, those that are having sex before marriage, idolaters, those that are putting anything before God, adulterers, those that are committing uh, adultery and and cheating on their spouses, nor homosexuals, that's men with men and women with women. I know, don't talk about that in church. If God talks about it in the Bible, I'm talking about it in church. Come on, somebody. See, where I, where I can't, you know, if, you, if you're paying attention, the church has gotten to a place today where we go to conferences and this is what they say, no negative words in the sanctuary. You can't say sin, you can't say homosexual, you can't say anything negative, but it's in the Bible. So we water it down and people become very comfortable living two lives.
2: Revelation. But it's all
1: right here, right? And if you go a little further with this homosexuals, in the Greek there, it's men dressing like women and women dressing like men, which is so prevalent in our
2: society today. Infeminate.
1: Infeminate is, is another Greek word that, that's used there. So men dressing like women, nor sodomites, a person who practices sodomy. And those are same-sex sins with no boundaries.
2: Or Even to the
1: place of bestiality. Yeah. Right? Parts that God created as exit areas have now become entry areas. Hello somebody. It's okay now, it's in the Bible. And so basically they're trisexuals. I'll try anything. <laughs> once.
2: Thieves, 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 covetousness. Thieves,
1: covetousness, drunkards, drunkards, thanks babe, revilers, extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were were, were some of you.
2: were, were.
1: Were is the key word there. And remember this, you are not what you've done in your past. That's not who you are today. Come on somebody. You are today a new creation in Christ Jesus. And you can do all things through Christ which strength is you. Come on, yay! In all of these things, you are more than a conqueror through him who loves you. There's such were some of you, but I love this. But now you are washed. What what can wash you? Nothing nothing can wash you but the shed blood Blood of of Jesus. Jesus. And he's making it available today. But now you are washed. Now you you are are sanctified. sanctified. The word sanctified means set apart. Once you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, his blood comes and washes you as clean as snow. And then he sets you apart. Come on, somebody so that you can live differently than the world. And then I like to, then you are justified in the name of the Lord. And now he puts his stamp of approval on you and says that you are now declared righteous. Everything that you've done in your past is no longer a part of your present or your future. You are as right before me today as though you never sinned a day in your life. Come on, this is too good to pass up. And then 2 Corinthians 5, 17, let's stand to our feet. We've got to let you go. The Amplified says, therefore, if anyone Anyone. is in Christ Jesus, that is grafted in and joined to him by faith in him as Savior, he is a new creature. Reborn and renewed by the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. The old, old things, everything that we read in First Corinthians chapter 9, come on, when you give your life to Christ, it died the moment you gave your life to Christ. It is not who you are today, and it will not be a part of your future. Old things like the previous moral and spiritual condition have passed away. And behold, new things have come because a spiritual awakening brings new life. God sent my wife and I to you all today online and in this room to give you a spiritual awakening that is going to produce a new life for you, a future for you where God blesses you. Come on. God redeems you. God restores you. God heals you. God provides for you. Come on. God gives you the desires of your heart. Come on. It is too good to pass. up? And God can give you the kind of relationship in your future that you always dreamed about if you'll just fall in love with him today. Somebody lift their hands and just begin to worship God. Come on, right where you're at, just begin to worship God. Come on, open up your mouth and glorify his holy name. Come on, don't let the devil keep you trapped in your past. Don't you think for a moment it's too late. I've done too much wrong. You are never too far away from the love of God and the blood of Jesus. I don't care what you've done wrong. Paul was a murderer. Paul went into houses and murdered Christians and threw them into jail. But God's grace is so good. It's so abundant. When Paul gave his life to Christ, Paul could stand before people and say, I have wronged
2: no man. Why?
1: Because he knew that man that did all of that died on the road to Damascus. And a new man is now alive and out front. Don't let your past determine your future. Don't live another day. In the past, God is presenting a optimistic future for you today. Yes. If you'll only receive it and accept it. So now, while you're in that attitude of prayer, man, this is not hard. This is easy because God will help you. I know you haven't seen a lot of examples, but thank God that you have one standing before you today. And if you'll make the decision, God, will, all of heaven will back you up. So if you're in this building today, God loves you, ladies. I know you have a past, but your past doesn't define your future. Some of that past may have involved same-sex activity. It still is not who you are today if you make a, a quality decision. And you can move beyond that and move past that. And God can actually make you beautiful the way that he created you because God said everything he makes is fearful and it's wonderful. And it's marvelous in his eyes. Don't let the world pervert that. You can just look at the anatomy and tell that doesn't work. And it does not procreate. So if God created sex for procreation, you wouldn't exist if that was the way everyone was. None of us would be here today if that was what it is. Because two women will not produce me and two men will not produce you. That's deception at the highest level. It's not love, it's lust. Praise God. I trust that this message has touched your heart today. Listen, we don't claim to have all the answers, but we do know one answer, and his name is Jesus Christ. So if you don't have a personal relationship with him today, we want to invite you to do so. Or maybe you had one with him, but you've just gotten away, and you're desiring to come back to Christ today. I wanna lead you in a simple prayer today. If you would, repeat this after me. Put your hand over your heart and say these words. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that He died, rose from the grave, and He is alive right now. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and save me now. As a result of what I've confessed with my mouth, what I believe in my heart I am right now born again and in right standing with God in Jesus name praise God we are so excited for you we believe that today is the first day of the rest of your life congratulations we are so excited that you made the decision
0: to get connected to Thank you for listening today. If this message encouraged or inspired you in any way, please subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app and leave a review too. For past messages, updates, and more, please visit us at linkedupchurch.com or download the Linked Up Church app. You can also watch live services, view past messages, and see our dynamic content for children, youth, and teens on our Facebook and YouTube pages. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Linked Up Church. And if you would like to support more of what we're doing, you can give online at linkedupchurch.com or text GETCONNECTED to 9400. Thanks again for listening. Have an amazing week, and we look forward to connecting with you.